The New York Giants and Carolina Panthers swear off Friday night at MetLife Stadium for preseason action. What are some of the things we'll be watching? Lock on Panthers host Julian Council and I will be discussing that and more on this special preseason crossover edition of the Locked On Giants and Locked On Panthers podcasts. That's coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And joining me on today's show is Lotham Panthers host, Julian Council. The Giants and Panthers are meeting this Friday at MetLife Stadium for preseason action. And we're going to talk a little bit about what we'll be watching for our respective teams because it kind of plays into, you know, each other's team. So um, we'll also talk a little bit about the players that maybe are on the bubble that might be of interest to the other teams side. So a lot to talk about. Julian, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, no, absolutely, Patricia. Uh, You make my life a little bit easier. We've been talking about the offensive line struggles uh, since Saturday, and I just don't know how much more of that I can take. So I'm glad to be doing a special crossover Thursday here in the preseason as the Panthers head up to MetLife to face the other team in the New York area as they face off against the Jets on Saturday. Now they get the Giants coming up here on Friday. So yeah, absolutely. Good to see you. Good to talk to you and excited about the game on Friday night. Well, Julian, I hate to, to do this to you, but I do have to ask you about the offensive line. I mean, for what it's worth, <laughs> the Giants are having their own offensive line issues. But, you know, let's start there with with, with the Panthers. You know, they, they had their hands full against the Jets. I think the Panthers were shut out last week against the Jets. But yeah. you mentioned the offensive line. We're having problems here in New York uh, with, with the Giants with their offensive line not being settled. But what can you tell us about where the Panthers' strength is on the offensive line and what still needs to happen? Yeah, that feels like a recurring theme for both organizations struggling on the offensive line. Now, the Panthers felt like this thing was not going to be an issue this year. After last year, they invested heavily in the O-line, bringing Austin Corbett to be their right guard after he won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles with the Rams. And they drafted Iki Aquanu sixth overall. He started every game and played every snap at left tackle last season. And then they brought in Bradley Bozeman, who had been a starting guard and a starting center with the Baltimore Ravens for a couple seasons. So they felt pretty good about that unit, which last year went from arguably the biggest weakness on the roster aside from the quarterback position to maybe its greatest strength. And coming to the season, they still have Vicky Aquano at left tackle. They still have Brady Christensen who drafted a couple years ago in the third round at left guard, Bradley Bozeman at center and at right guard Corbett tore his ACL in week 18 of the regular season. So he's on pup right now. Does not look like he's going to be ready to go. It would be shocking if he is. So he's going to be at least out for the first four weeks of the season. And I personally think he's going to be out probably until the second half of the year, just knowing being offensive lineman coming back from that series of an issue. And at right tackle, they have Taylor Moten. So you would think, okay, four of five starters back that are healthy. Your fifth star is going to come back eventually. Uh, But it's been an issue so far. It did not look great against the Jets, who I've told my listeners, they probably have the best defensive line in football. It's either them or the San Francisco 49ers. You're not going to face that again unless you face San Francisco in the playoffs, which I would say is probably unlikely. So you're not going to face a talented defensive line group like that again all season long. But it still is startling to see 
your rookie left tackle who was apparently making strides to the next level during training camp kind of take a step back. It's not great to see your right guard position, which there was already concerns about that, be as bad as it was, and that's still a massive question mark going into Friday night. And also not great that your right tackle, Taylor Moten, who's been the one person who's been steady the last five years in this unit, he didn't play well either. So overall, not a great situation for the Panthers on Saturday, but it's only one game. They have an opportunity on Friday night to erase all of the issues that they had and to ease all the minds here in Carolina for the folks out there that are concerned about that unit. Now, interestingly enough, the Giants are kind of stacked along the interior offensive line. They're still trying to figure out who their starting interior guys are going to be. Now, we know that or we could pretty much pencil in that John Michael Schmitz is going to be the starting center, but still a lot of flip-flopping around at left guard where that position is just not settled and right guard, even where, you know, we thought coming into summer training camp, Mark Lewinsky would be the starter. And some, one of my listeners actually posed this to me and I'll, and I'll throw this out at you here. If the giants ultimately were to go with say Joshua Zudu and Ben Bredesen as their guards, that would free up Mark Lewinsky for a possible trade. Do you think maybe if that were to happen, the Panthers would jump on that. I don't think they're in the market for a guard. They look at this as a temporary band-aid. They feel good about the four guys that they have. They did come out and say that that standard, that they have a standard and Saturday did not live up to that. They had a meeting immediately following the game. So that's something that they want to nip in the bud immediately and get fixed. And I do think that they're going to fix it on Friday and by a byproduct of not having to play the Jets again. Like I think it will help because I don't look at the Giants defensive line to be that caliber while they still have some players. I don't think the Panthers are looking to trade for anybody. They do think they're going to get Corbett back at some point in time. They had just drafted a guy in Cade Mays who's supposed to start that right guard this year, but he looks like he's going to lose that job. They just drafted another guard in Chandler Zavala in the fourth round at NC State who played with Iki Aquano, their left tackle in college, and he's going to probably start at right guard on Friday night. They have another UDFA in Nash Jensen out of North Dakota State who won a lot of Nash championship there who they who they really believe in. And they brought in Justin McCray, who has spent time with the offensive line coach James Campen in Cleveland and in Houston to be potentially a guard for you or really a backup center. So they have enough options where I just don't think they're going to look to give up any sort of capital to go out there and get somebody off another roster. All right, that's fair enough. But all right, let's talk about the quarterback situation. Bryce Young, how has he been looking and what do you anticipate You know, his snaps are going to be in the game on Friday. Well, it was dating back to OTAs when that's when he was officially named. I know it was officially the first day of training camp, but everyone paying attention here knew that it was the last day of OTAs back in June when he became the starting quarterback when Frank Reich announced that he would be with the ones. He was with the ones for the two days mandatory minicamp. So when the news came out a couple of weeks ago, really wasn't news if you were been paying attention, uh, but he's checked every box. And that's why they put him out there with the ones back in the spring because they wanted to see Bryce Young come in, do the certain things to show that he was ready to take over with the ones and he has done all of that and he's continued that throughout the training camp and so far in the preseason now unfortunately he got hit a lot on Saturday and he only played 11 snaps the offense did not move the ball we didn't get to see him throw the ball a lot to Adam Thielen the one completion and one target he had to Thielen was for a first down we didn't get to see him throw a lot to DJ Chark who had one reception for five yards on two targets didn't get to see him throw the ball a lot to Hayden Hurst who had one reception on one targets for five yards so he's looked good so far Bryce has he showed that he can take a hit I know that was a concern for a lot of people pre-draft okay Bryce Young may have waited to combine at 204 but he's probably 195 at best playing weight 
Can he handle the NFL? He handled the SEC. The only injury he ever had was when he fell on his shoulder wrong, which was his own fault, and he came back two weeks later and lit up Tennessee. So Bryce showed he can take a hit, that he's not going to break immediately when tackled. But if he gets hit that many times this season, he, like any other quarterback, is not going to hold up. But so far, he's looked good. He's looked mature. I know Thomas Brown, the OC here in Carolina, said the other day that he's 22, but he acts like he's 45, just the way he's mature and his mental approach to the game. And the expectation would be for him to play about three series again. I think they would want, want him to play more than 11 snaps. He only played 11 snaps because they couldn't move the football. The hope is that the Panthers are going to be able to move the ball more where Bryce can still play three series and maybe kind of double the snaps that he played uh, last Saturday against the Jets. All right, Giant fans, Panther fans, you got a special crossover edition of Locked on Giants, Locked on Panthers with Patricia Trainer, me, Locked on Giants, Julian Council of Locked on Panthers. Coming up, we're going to take a little bigger picture perspective on the podcast. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising one's sexual health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of the men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. So go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify the causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off their first month subscription and free shipping when they go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code Lothon NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's spelled Nutrafol, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. And that website is Nutrafol.com slash men with the promo code Lothon NFL for your special offer. All right, everybody, welcome back to the special crossover edition, Locked On Giants, Locked On Panthers. I'm Patricia Trainer, host of Locked On Giants, with Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers. And Julian, the Panthers' first year with Frank Reich, he's he's not a you know inexperienced head coach. He was previously the head coach of the uh, Colts, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of people kind of look at what Brian Dable was able to do with the Giants last year, how he was able to come in and surprise a lot of people when you know. People didn't think the Giants were going to be much of anything. What's the the move down in Carolina? How are people feeling about the work that Frank Reich and his st- staff have done so far? And, and and what's the overall you know thought process as far as how good they might be? I wish you would have asked me this last Thursday because the vibes are great before the preseason game because it sounded uh, by all accounts that they had a productive joint practice against the Jets. And then once Saturday happened and people are now concerned about the O-line, which is a, a time-old concern here in Carolina. But I still think there's a lot of positivity about this team heading to the season. When you look at last year, they went 7-10. and 10, And that was despite going 1-5 and five, or in spite of going 1-5 and five to start the season. 
firing your head coach after five weeks, having a one-dimensional offense where they were run heavy and they really couldn't throw the football. And even when Sam Darnold came in, he played his best football. We saw the same issues that popped up back in New York and his first year in Carolina with the turnovers in the last couple of weeks. And in spite of all of that, they were 7-10. and Tied with the Falcons, tied with the Saints, one game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who if they beat them in week 17, the Panthers would have won the division. So people don't feel like the team is, I guess, that far away based off of how they overachieved last year in spite of all the the circumstances that were going on. I do think that the staff is in a better position to maybe get this team over the top. When you look at bringing in a guy like Jim Caldwell, who's worked with Peyton Manning, worked with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to be as a senior advisor to Frank Reich. Frank Reich has had success with Andrew Luck in his first year in Indianapolis. Even things were going fine with Carson Wentz until they weren't. Jacoby Brissett, when speaking to people up in Indianapolis, had one of his better years when he had to start when Luck retired right before the season there in 2019. So I think Reich will be a good play caller for this team. I think Thomas Brown coming over from Los Angeles after spending time with Sean McVay, that helps as they've been able to craft the offense. Parks Frazier, who's a passing game coordinator, took over as a play caller last year in Indianapolis once Reich was fired. You have a ton of experience. And then Josh McCown as a quarterback coach who has the least amount of experience coaching-wise, but he's not that far removed from having to be called upon to play in that playoff game with Philadelphia a couple of years ago, and he's someone who's played the position for a long time. So I think the staff around Bryce Young and offensively, and just even defensively too, bringing Jero Vero, who in his first year as a DC last year in Denver, had a top 10 unit in a lot of categories. The vibes are good here in Carolina. People think that this coaching staff is far more equipped, certainly from the one last year, to get this team to the position where they can be competitive week in and week out in the NFL. All right, now just staying with the offense still for a moment, you know, obviously the, the results of the game doesn't matter, you know, in, in terms of place playoff seating or anything like that. It's an exhibition game. But when you look at the matchups from the first the first team Panthers offense against potentially the first team Giants defense, the Giants starters, I believe, are going to play maybe okay. a series or two. What matchup are you most interested in seeing unfold? Oh, it's, it's so easy. It's the right guard. It's the interior of the offensive line, really the offensive line as a whole. I, I need to see how I think Chandler Zavala, the fourth round pick at NC State, will be the guy who starts at right guard after taking some first team snaps this week. Cade Mays, who was slotted in there when preseason or in training camp and the preseason started, he's going to miss the game with a neck injury. Uh, I believe that Nash Jensen, the UDFA out of North Dakota State, will also get an opportunity at right guard. So I'm really looking at right guard versus uh, I, whoever's going to be there in the middle that defensive line for the Giants. Like That's really the one thing I'm looking at heading into this game to see how that matchup plays out because that is so important for the Carolina Panthers to figure out who's going to be in that spot. So who is going to be opposite of those guys who the Panthers got to worry about and try to evaluate and on come Friday night? So if everybody starts like I anticipated, Will, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams are up front. And okay. you'll see... Uh, and on the edges, the outside linebackers, you'll see Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. So quite a challenge yeah. up front there, I think, for, for that offensive line of the Panthers. Yeah, I might have underrated the uh, the Giants. I, for, I forget some of the guys up there. I was going to say Luna Williams. Remember when he was a Jet coming out of USC? He's been a good player for you. Of course, Dexter Lawrence be, being here in the Carolinas is great. At Clemson, a North Carolina guy. And Ojolari and Th- well, Thibodeau, that's entering their second year as edge rushers. Very interesting to see how those, do, those, how those guys do. And now Iki Kwan is someone who last week 
First play of the game, got beat by Solomon Thomas, a former top three pick in his own right when he was drafted out of Stanford there with the San Francisco 49ers. Want to see how he's able to step up this week after having a poor outing last week alongside the entire offensive line. But that's really the matchup we're looking at, the interior. It would be cool. I mean, and also I think one other thing I'm looking at too is quarterback-wise. Andy Dalton's not going to play. And even if he was healthy, he's out with a back issue. He probably was not going to play because this Panther staff is trying to see what they have in their third round pick out of last year, Matt Corral, who could potentially be the backup quarterback to Bryce Young uh, next season or even in 2025. But so far, it's just not shown a lot in the preseason outings last year before he broke his foot, had that list Frank injury that cost him his rookie year. Maybe he gets an opportunity with all the issues that they had last year at quarterback to play. Uh, never, we'll never know. But he came out on Saturday, didn't look good. I want to see what he's able to do against the Giants twos, really the Panthers twos overall, because they got beat twenty-seven nothing, and that's not just the the ones who played eleven snaps losing. Like that's a complete demolition uh, from your ones, your twos, and the threes, just not stepping up. So I'm looking to see how Corral performs, and even Jake Luton, who's the number four quarterback here. Like I'm looking at that matchup versus Giants twos, and kind of the depth overall here in Carolina, and how that matched up against a Giants team that was in the playoffs last year. Now, from my perspective, a matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing, and you can t- tell me what you think about this one, mm-hmm. the Giants' run defense last year wasn't very good, despite having Dexter Lawrence up front, who was pretty good, despite having Leonard Williams, who was in and out of the lineup due to injuries. Now, the Panthers, uh, they added Miles Sanders, old friend from the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. to their running backs uh, stable. They had Chubba uh, Hubbard. Um, I think they had – did they draft um, – a people's was he drafted or no? Undrafted? He's a uh, undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. Um, they did pick up um, Blackshear, I think, and they have a guy Brown. If I'm right, do I have yeah, that Spencer right? Brown. Yep. So I mean, when you look at that running game, is that right now? Do you think the strength of this Panthers offense, or do you give the nod more so to the passing game? I would think it would be the running game. The one thing, too, with the offensive line last year, it was very run heavy. It's not like they had that much of a, a passing game where they were going to be dropped back in situations where they had to pass protect. I do think they're better than what they showed uh, on Saturday afternoon, but we know their strength is being able to run the football. The Panthers have been able to run the football the last couple of seasons, uh, even when their offensive lines have been bad. I would think it would be a strength again. Now, Sanders is not going to play on Friday. He probably won't play at all in the preseason. Had a groin injury last week that kept him out, and it's one of the things where it seems like the Panthers really want to hold him out until the regular season starts. He's a guy who got a ton of carries last year. He's already entering in year five. He's one of the lucky running backs to actually get paid. Uh, he got the biggest free agent deal of all the running backs this offseason. He's someone who they're going to want to use in first, second, and third down this upcoming season. So he's going to get a lot of wear and tear on that body. They're trying to rest him. So I'm interested to see how a guy like Chuba Hubbard performs because he could be kind of falling back uh, in the warning back depth chart with uh, behind Raheem Blackshear who Thomas Brown, the Panthers OC, brought up the other day as someone who he's really liked to see in his growth from OTAs to now. He's been their primary kick returner so far and punt returner, and he's someone who they mentioned could help them in third downs entering into the season. He's a guy who signed on late last year uh, as a holdover from the rule regime, so we'll see what he can do. And then Spencer Brown, someone who I've been talking about, hey, the Panthers don't really have that kind of that bruiser. Like I know they want to use um, Sanders as an everyday kind of every down back, but maybe Brown can be situationally somebody you can use in short yardage situations. He was probably the only offensive player that really shined on the Saturday afternoon. Him and Derek Wright, a wide receiver who hurt his knee, and Javon Wims, another wide receiver, two guys that aren't going to make the roster in all likelihood. I like to see what he's able to do against this Giants front this upcoming se- this up uh, this uh, upcoming Friday night. 
All right, and Julian, let's talk about the Panthers' defense. Now, the big thing that I know a lot of Giant fans that I want to see as well is all this speed that the Giants have added, and it starts with Darren Waller, the tight end, who thus far in Giants training camp has been unguardable. I mean, this is a guy that you watch him, and there's a party by him. (laughs) You know, like there's two or three guys by him trying to slow him down, which opens up things for the guys on the outside the Giants adding speed in Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie. How do you see that matchup playing up against the Panthers' defensive secondary? Yeah, that's a, a great signing there. But yeah, the Giants get Darren Waller, and I, I mean, in good. I, I guess they traded for him, didn't they? Um, but that's good on Daniel Jones, a Charlotte guy, to be able to have someone like that to rely on this upcoming season. It'll be interesting too because the Panthers uh, they brought in Von Bell to be uh, their safety, their main communicator back there with Xavier Woods and. By all accounts so far, like those guys are just excellent in the back end and how they're able to communicate and get everybody in position in this new defensive scheme that they're running here in Carolina. By bringing in Bell, that's allowed Jeremy Chin, who's played linebackers rookie year, where he was second in uh, rookie year of the year defensive uh, player defensive rookie of the year voting behind Chase Young. Um, and then the last couple seasons, he's played at safety and he may be more naturally a guy who just kind of freelances and doesn't play primarily safety plays closer to the line of scrimmage so when they brought in bell they brought him in closer to where he could be more of a playmaker and they have him listed as a nickel corner i think he'll be in a situation where he's going to be in coverage against waller and honestly the one knock on shin the last couple years since he's come into the league has been his coverage skills i want to see what he looks like against darren waller this upcoming season and if you look at speed like it's good for the panthers to get to see what their two top corners can do and jc horn and Dante Jackson, who I think both, especially Jackson, who tore Achilles last year, he looked to be back to his old self on Saturday. It would look, be interesting to see if those guys get more snaps on Saturday than the backups, Keith Taylor and CJ Henderson. Those are two guys who struggled the last couple of seasons when called upon, when Horn and Jackson been injured. They so far had really good camps. Want to see what they're able to do if they get an opportunity to get some of those speed guys uh, with the Giants this upcoming season or this uh, upcoming Friday, especially a guy like Jalen Hyatt, who just had an outstanding season last year at Tennessee. All right, folks, coming up next, we're going to talk about guys on the bubble that maybe might be of interest to the Giants and giant guys on the bubble that might be of interest to the Panthers, so don't go anywhere. All right, everybody, welcome back to this special crossover edition, Locked on Giants, Locked on Panthers. I'm Patricia Chain, a host of Locked on Giants. He's Julian Council, host of Locked on Panthers. Julian who are some of the bigger names or the more well-known names that are on the bubble for the Panthers right now? Well, Matt Corral is someone who I already mentioned. He's definitely on the bubble. I know the new rules here in the NFL, with the uh, third emergency quarterback are probably going to help a lot of guys uh, be able to stay on the roster as that third quarterback because you have to have the guys already on the 53-man roster. Now, Corral certainly I don't think has earned that spot just yet i would say today that he's probably gonna be on the panthers roster uh he, at least he would be today if they had to make the cutdowns thing is they have to make the cutdowns uh, today so he's someone who's absolutely on the roster bubble another guy would be shy smith who they took uh in the fifth round a couple years ago he's a rule holdover who actually started last season as their third wide receiver had a great training camp and preseason that just never carried over he's now in a position where demir bird who they brought in and I think the thought was he was going to be their sixth guy. He's now out with that hamstring issue that 
I don't know what the Panthers are going to do. I, I don't know if they want to put him on season-ending IR. I don't know if they're going to carry him, then put him on IR. I don't know if they're just going to decide to just part ways and have an injury settlement. That's something that we're still waiting to see how that's going to be determined. But Shai Smith now has an opportunity to make this roster. And he was a guy who, going into training camp, did not look like he had a great chance to make it. So he's absolutely one of those bubble bot guys that a lot of people are looking at heading into uh, this weekend. And then Eric Rowe who's been in New England. He, he was in, in Miami the last couple of seasons. He's a safety, a veteran who it's a pretty crowded safety group. When you look at Von Bell and Woods are going to play a lot. Chin can play back there if they need him to. Sam Franklin has been more of a special teams ace for this team the last couple of years. Had an interception on just a terrible throw last week by the Jets quarterback. And he's someone I think could step up and maybe be a solid backup. They drafted Jamie Robinson out of Florida State in the fifth round. So it's pretty deep back there. If Rose got to earn his, his spot on the roster, I think he can. He, he was pretty solid on Saturday. He's one of those guys that's right there on the roster bubble trying to make it. So those are really the three that I'm looking at. I guess Eric Rose probably mo ma mainly known for the being the guy who started instead of Malcolm Butler mysteriously during that Super Bowl when the Eagles beat the, uh, the Patriots a couple years ago. All right, so three positions basically that the Giants really don't need as of this writing. I mean, safety, they they should be pretty good with. Receiver, yeah. they've got a gazillion receivers. They have to sort that out. And um, you mentioned quarterback, the Giants trying to develop Tommy DeVito. So from the Giants' perspective, I, I think, you know, in terms of guys that maybe are on the bubble that might be able to help the Panthers, depending on how, you know, they view them. Obviously, I mentioned interior offensive linemen. The Giants are going to cut some of those guys, um, and they can play guard and center. You know, like we have a Jack Anderson. There's a Shane Lemieux. I mean, these are guys that can play left guard, right guard. You know, a, a couple of them can play center. Cornerback is going to be a spot. You know, everybody's keeping an eye on Darnay Holmes, and if he holds on to that slot cornerback job. So that's certainly, you know, a, a role maybe that the Panthers might look at. Receiver, as I mentioned, the Giants got a gazillion of them, but it sounds like yeah. the Panthers don't need anything there. Um, there might be a running back that shakes free from, from the Giants, you know, just Sean Corbin, Gary Brightwell, uh, fighting for that last roster spot there. Um, I, I think and, they're good. Uh, wide receiver, I feel like they like the guys that they have. Yeah. I, I'm skeptical of how good they're going to be. I do think Adam Thielen – even entering an age 33 season, I still think he has a lot to give this year in Carolina. How's he going to play the next two seasons of his deal? We'll find out later. I do think DJ Chark can be a good player for them. He's been a pro bowler before. I think he was solid last year in Detroit when healthy. The issue is just has not been healthy the last couple of seasons. So I feel like they like who they have, and they got a rookie in Jonathan Mingo who looks like he's going to be their third wide receiver. And they have Hayden Hurst who they brought in to be a passing catching tight end as well. So I, they, they seem to be happy because they were really never interested – in the guys like New Hopkins who were available throughout the summer, that was never something that they wanted to do. I guess one other position group where they're trying to find maybe some more help if they want to bring any in as far as roster cutdowns go is they're an outside linebacker, their edge rusher. They brought in Justin Houston uh, about 10 days ago to start opposite of Brian Burns and they have guys like Ito Grosmatos is ending in his fourth year. He's been more of a naturally like a down lineman more, more so than guys like a stand-up outside linebacker. It's an awkward fit. He's a guy who's trying to make this roster. Mari Barno is someone who's played a lot of special teams last week and probably would be on the roster. Had a good game on Saturday. He's someone who's also kind of on the roster bubble. So if there's any giants that get cut that could maybe help out on the edge, I think that's a position the Panthers be looking at. Same thing with defensive tackle. A guy like Taylor Stallworth they brought in who has experience. Experience, um, with Frank Reich he didn't 
get that many snaps it looked like on Saturday. And I'll be interested to see if there's an interior defensive lineman that they may try and get if they, uh, somebody shakes loose there uh, once roster cutdowns come there in New York. Yeah, as far as outside linebacker goes, I mean, the Giants basically have the same cast of characters as last year, save for one wow. one change. So there might be, you know, like Tashawn Bauer. I don't know if he's going to make it. O'Shane Zimenez. I don't know what he, if he's going to make it. My guess is he he's on the bubble. Defensive line, interior defensive line. They've had some injuries. The Giants have had it, but you know they have a a, a bunch of you know guys that they brought in that maybe you, you know you can pick up for depth and whatnot. So we'll have to see how that plays off. So final question for you, Julian, not counting the score, because again, the outcome of the game does not matter. But when the Panthers walk off the field next uh, on Friday, what question or what do you want to see or feel better about having watched them play? Oh, absolutely. The offensive line, <laughs> especially now hearing about uh, who the man. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's the concern. That's what everyone's concerned about. And that was not a concern of mine. I came up here and was talking to Summer. Hey, this is the strength of the roster now. I feel good about what they have. And I still do. It just was jarring to see how bad they were on Saturday. And that was just not anything that anybody expected. And it's kind of PTSD. We've seen a lot of battle lines here in Carolina. We saw Cam Newton get beat up all those years. We, we saw what's gone on the last couple of seasons. No one... No one wants to live through that again. So we thought it was fixed here in Carolina. I still think it's good. I think right guard will be an issue, though. It's just that's just how it's going to be. Even when Corbett comes back, let's just be realistic. When guys come off of injuries like that and you're talking about coming in the middle of the season, they're just not going to be the same player right away. Maybe in 24, he'll be back to himself. I just feel like that's probably going to be a season-long issue unless someone like Chandler Zavala comes in and can solidify that. In the meantime, so we'll see how that works out. But I want to come out feeling good about the offensive line, at least the four other positions on that O-line aside from right guard. Because I don't know if we're ever just going to feel great about that this season in Carolina. And I also would like to feel good about Bryce Young in the passing game because they would get an opportunity, which they did not get an opportunity on Saturday because the offensive line did not protect. So those are the areas I'd like to feel good about coming out of this game on Friday. And from the Giants' perspective, offensive line, obviously I'd like to maybe get some clarity as to what they're going to do. Um, and then I think the other thing that I would really like to see is the special teams, is particularly the coverage teams, doing a much better job. Because once again, last week, they were a problem. And it's been, you know, we can go back to last year when it was a problem. And I know it's different guys, a different cast of characters this year. But at some point, this bleeding has to stop that we see with the breakdowns on special teams and Hopefully that'll get fixed and they'll identify core guys that can really beef up the coverage units because they have not been very good for the Giants going back to last year, maybe even the year before too. You can make a case for that. But uh, those are two things I'd want to see. I also would want to see obviously the new passing game with all the speed um, and and the run defense. Now, again, I don't think the Giants starters are going to play a whole lot, but um, just to get a feel for how things are taking shape and should be a fun matchup. It always is. And um, I can't wait for, for, for the game. I, I, I'm just so glad we finally have real football. Back. Yeah. I'm just glad to be one step closer to the regular season. That's yeah. what it is. That's, that's how I feel. So I'm glad to have it. And we'll be even happier uh, next week and in the week after that. And then finally, when we get uh, right there, Memorial day and then we're right there ready for the season to start in week one. Absolutely. All right, Julian, appreciate you coming on the program with me. He is Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers. Make sure you check out his podcast, 
I'm Patricia Trena, host of Lothan Giants. So you Panthers fans who are watching this, you know, come on over, stop by, check out what I have to offer. I do all kinds of cool things over on Lothan Giants. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to this special crossover edition of Lothan Giants, Lothan Panthers. Everybody enjoy the game on Friday and we will see our respective audiences probably on uh, Friday night or Saturday yeah. morning, depending on when we get around to taping. So everybody have a good one and take care.